0: Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome to Phil's Tax Hacks and other retirement facts. Phil Putney and myself, and we're going to talk about some important financial debates, we're going to kind of take a page out of uh, Letterman's old playbook where he would do the top 10, he used to do those top 10 lists. So we're going to yep. do the top 10 things you need to pick a side on, uh, in important financial debates and we'll see if Phil concurs. Hey, did, so did you ever watch Letterman? Did you, did you used to like yeah. the top 10? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He had some good top, top 10. Days, right?
1: Yeah, he did. It was hilarious.
0: Yeah. So what I thought we'd do is we're going to break this into two episodes. We'll do first five. We'll do the second five. Uh, next week, and we'll just kind of go through. So we're just going to look at some of this stuff, important financial debates from you know bonds to life insurance to just a lot of the credit card debt, like a lot of the big things that pop up in our mind. Sure. Uh, as we're getting worried about this stuff, as we're getting closer to you know whatever our retirement date might be, uh, or if even if we are retired, this still could be applicable as well. So let's just jump right in and start tackling some. All right. Uh, go with the biggie, the house. The house. Yes. To pay off or not to pay off. That is the question.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that that has been the debate for sure up until recently when mortgage rates all of a sudden took off again. So yeah, Yeah. yeah, and that's I mean it's a discussion I have with clients all the time. There's you know, there's two sides of that coin. Um, I I always joke and I call it the head rule and the tummy rule. Right. You know, I mean the the head rule, that's the math behind it. And you know, typically running the math on it, especially when interest rates were three percent. You know, or, or lower. I mean, it, it just didn't make sense. Why would you ever pay off that house? You know, if you can get the, the payment within a reasonable budget amount so it fits within the budget. Right, right. You know, why, why would you want to pay it off? Take some capital you have to throw against that, especially if it's in an IRA. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, so there's all sorts of pieces with that. But I mean, it's the way I've always looked at a house is, um, you know, it's not really an investment. I think a lot of people look at, their house is an investment, but to me, at least, the, the house is, it's a a liability. I mean, yeah. it's something oh, for sure. cost yeah. you money every year. Every year. Even if you didn't have a mortgage, you know, you got property. And there's taxes, always you stuff you to do. It, right. You've got, right.
0: Landscaping. Maintenance, <laughs>
1: landscaping. With, yeah. So, I mean, there's... There's always something you're putting into it. Yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's almost like you're renting it anyways and maintaining it. So, I mean, it's just part of ownership of the house and it doesn't change your your gain in that house value.
0: I was going to ask you, and then a lot of times we look at it as a taxable situation, like it's a tax thing, but right. that's been taken away under the current yeah. tax brackets. That could come back, yeah, maybe?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it used to be a um, an advantage to having mortgage interest as it was deductible. So, right. you know, effectively, if you were at a, you know, five percent interest rate and you're in a twenty percent bracket. Well, that saves you a percentage point. So it really sure. only cost yeah. you four net. You know, so yeah, to today with a higher standard deductions,
0: that know, argument kind of got taken off. Yeah. yeah, that kind of it kind of added to why keep the mortgage for mm-hmm. many people. Uh, in right. that debate conversation, because now there's not even the tax advantage. So right. talking about the tummy rule, if it makes you feel better and there's no tax advantage, why not just, you know, lop it right. off?
1: Well, and then that's the other side of the coin is that, you know, if the math all makes sense and yeah, you should keep it, it, it just fits and does a better job financially. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's going to keep you up at night because you want to have it paid off. I mean, then let's figure out how to pay it well, off. You know, you Phil, know, many, many will argue
0: I was going to argue, well, hey, if it's $1,500 a month, let's just say, mm-hmm. uh, and even if it's close on the math by getting rid of it, I mean, I'm saving $1,500 a month that I could then use towards, you know, putting back into the retirement accounts or whatever. Sure.
1: Yeah, you can, you know, but if you do that, though, okay, where are you going to get the funds to, to pay off? Yeah, I mean, $200,000, right? Yeah, you only know? if so, you yeah, have it, right? Yeah. Right, yeah, $200,000 mortgage to pay off. Well, yeah, if I pay it off, I'm going to save fifteen a month. That's great. But where's the 200 coming from?
0: Right. So a you lot know, so of times the IRA or whatever. No, if I'm
1: going to pull it from the IRA, that makes absolutely no sense because now it's 200,000 taxable income. Yeah. So to net 200 to pay off that mortgage, you're going to end up taking probably three.
0: Well, well what if it's
1: federal and in state, and you know, right.
0: But what know. if it's 50, though, Phil, right? People I can hear people yeah. thinking, well, what if it's only 50 or 70 or, you know, something like that? We're right. close, you know,
1: yeah, I mean, if you get, that's where it makes to me it might make more sense. I mean, if you have a, you know, $50,000 mortgage, and you know, you're on the last 18 months, two years of it, it's not yeah. worth refinancing at that point, it's going to no. cost you more to do that,
0: <laughs> just the stress or the pain. Yeah.
1: So just, you know, go ahead and and probably pay it off at that stage, you know, if, especially if you got money in the bank. So, I mean, if you've got money in the bank, you got a $50,000 mortgage and it's giving you anxiety, just pay it off. You know, you're, right. you're, you're not getting the same interest at the bank that you're, you're paying on that mortgage for sure. That penny, right. penny, penny earned is a penny saved type of thing. Yeah,
0: That's for the penny sure. Saved well, is penny earned, so. And that's where the strategy is coming into play, right? Because, right. Yeah. If it's still 200 grand, there's probably not too much in the strategy or the math that's going to make that scenario viable unless you've got a lot of wealth built up. Right. But if it's in that kind of workable window, that's where you can do that logic with the math and then factor in that tummy side and then, okay, let's make the best call.
1: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if it's a $200,000 mortgage or a 15, you know, 1500 monthly payment, Let's run some numbers and see what you could refinance it at. You know, to yeah. me, I would say take a 30-year mortgage, especially if it's going to be a house you're going to be in forever. Right. You know, this is your final house. This is where you're going to, to live live out your retirement. Get that payment as low as you can, you know, as long as it's a reasonable interest rate. Now it's a different argument today. It's becoming it's not quite up. as reasonable, yeah. you know, with the five, five and a half percent interest rates. Yeah. You know, now you got to look at it a little bit more. I mean, when it was at a 3%, it was, you know, pretty easy
0: yeah, I would I, mean to
1: say let's let's keep the mortgage.
0: I think I'm at like three point two, and mm-hmm. they were trying so hard to get me to redo it whenever the, you know just a few months back when the rates were yeah. really low, and it was like two point seven five, and I kept finding myself going, you know, is is a half a percent really? Is it worth it? Is it worth it, know, it? Yeah, you know, and it's like well half percent over time, but you know my strategy is set up for me to you know to it's going to be paid off early you know, at the rate that I'm going. So it's like, did it, you know, so it definitely- is going to pick up the-
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're going to, if you're paying it off, then that's a whole nother scenario to look at in the refinancing. I mean, if yeah. it's, you know, running the math out, it doesn't make sense to, to pay it off. Then let's try to get that payment as low as we can, and low as we can, cheapest okay. interest rate, and just treat it like rent, basically. You yeah, know, at that stage, yeah. I mean, it's just a, another cost to owning a house. The value of the house, the equity, it's going to go up and down no matter what the mortgage is. So, that you know, okay. that argument you're going to still get if the house goes up in value, you're going to realize that just like. If the house goes down in value, you're gonna yeah. experience that too. So having a mortgage doesn't change that, so.
0: Well, so so the topic, or the kind of the back end of this is do you concur? Uh, and, and I don't know why we, as producers, we decided to put this together because financial advisors typically go, it depends. It depends. <laughs> it's our favorite <laughs> answer, it depends. That's right. <laughs> so should you pay off the house as soon as possible? It depends. It depends uh, in you know, the scenario. Yeah. You know, we could say that for all of these, which is why we're going to discuss mm-hmm. some of the pros and cons like we just did with the house. So that's yep. the first one. Hopefully that helps. But really, you know, ultimately you gotta factor that in. And then right. definitely, you know, the tummy rule can have a lot more weight sometimes than the than the math rule. So it's just absolutely just a matter of working through it. All right. Uh number two, individual bonds are better than bond funds
1: first before you say, is it better? I mean, there's there's no, is it better? Is it better? You know, a bond fund is made up of individual bonds. So it's, you know, the, the advantage to the bond fund is you get with a smaller investment, broader exposure, mm-hmm. you know, so you can have a much smaller investment, have a, a much broader exposure to, to many bonds. Right, right. You know, the downside you're going to have in a bond fund though, is that because there's, with a bond fund, mutual funds just in general, there's always this inflow and outflow of money every single day. That manager is having to buy and sell bonds. And that's where, especially in, rate, in markets like we have today, it, it's detrimental because the as interest rates rise, bonds naturally, the value falls. Right. It's just right. this teeter-totter. And we've kind of talked about that before. So if that manager in a mutual fund is, is having to now sell some bonds because this other investor wanted out, so they've got to redeem their shares and give them cash. So they're having to mm-hmm. sell bonds. But you, the investor that bought the mutual fund, was buying it for a long hold. Well, now you effectively, underneath this pool of investments, got forced to sell bonds at a loss. Yep. You know, so, and that's where an individual bond is more advantageous because as long as you hold it to maturity, it doesn't matter what rates do you're going to get your principal back and get paid whatever the rate the bond is paying. You know, So you take yeah. some of that volatility of a market out. Now, if you're looking at the value day after day, yeah, it's going to change value, but that doesn't mean you lost it. Mm-hmm. You know, If it's a 10-year bond, as long as you hold it to maturity in that 10th year, it gets redeemed. It matures as long as that company, I mean, that's the other caveat, right? right? As long as the, the company is, is still financially capable to pay it. You're going to get your principal back, and now you can reinvest back yet.
0: So many of our normal, I don't know, rules of thumb seem to have been really distorted by the current. Well, the last air.
1: two to three years, bonds, yeah, I mean, they they kind of hit their bottom yeah. and they bounced along the bottom, right? So they the tried raising interest rates and then it fell again. It tries, you know, gotcha. they, to get a good picture of what how interest rates affect bonds, you have to look back prior to that, you know, in the... Decade or two before that, where interest rates were high and they kept falling.
0: Gotcha. You know, okay. So
1: last time we went through a, a major market correction, in 2008, one of the the saviors to that market was bonds was because bonds, right. rates were pretty high and and as they started to fall naturally, and the Fed was reducing interest rates, trying to, you know, help the economy and, and uh, spur on investment. Right. Well, that that favors bonds, you know, because now your bond that was paying five percent now the new market rate's only four well your bond's worth more than the face value sure. because yeah, you yeah. Can only get four versus your five but once we hit the bottom and kind of bounced along now we're starting to tick back up the other direction it works just the opposite you know where you bought a bond down here and it's paying two and the new bond rates three well no one's going to give you face two so percent yeah. i'm going to go get a new one it's paying three yeah you know, so if you want to redeem it, well, you're going to get less than face. That's that discount you experience on the bond.
0: So uh, let's go to number three here on uh, these picking these sides on our top 10. Again, we're going to do the top five uh, for this episode. Nobody needs life insurance once they've retired, Phil.
1: I mean, that's kind of the general thought, you know, it's like, yeah. hey, kids are, you know, through college now and the mortgage is maybe paid off. So those are the two biggies that typically yep. you think of, you know, oh, I need life insurance. I'm yep. retired, right? So I don't need to replace my income anymore. So why would I need life insurance?
0: But do you? Because I mean, well, it could, right? It could be a useful yeah. tool for that.
1: And, and I mean, for us, when we're doing planning, I mean, we we run the the scenario first to assume let's, you know, both, you, both husband and wife are going to live to full life expectancies. Let's run the, the old adage, plan for the best, but prepare for the worst, right? So we're planning for the best. If this happens, everything works great. How do we maximize their income, minimize taxes, make it all work really good there? Then we're going to go back and stress test that plan and say, okay, that's great. But what happens if, you know, Mr. Clan, you pass away today, what does that look like for your wife or vice versa? You know, because when, when either spouse passes, there's several things that happen. There's always a loss of income, at a minimum, there is the lowest of the Social Security benefits gets taken right. away. So there's always going to be this loss of income from Social Security at a minimum. Second, it, there could be a pension, right? If if they did have a pension involved, what election did that spouse make? You know, if it's a 100% survivor, well, then it's not a a, um, a concern for that surviving spouse. But what if they did a
0: 60 60- ticket? You know,
1: a 65% survivor option, which is kind of the standard, at least in our neck of the woods. Okay. Or what if they looked at the number and said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to be the one that lives the longest. I'm going to not going to take any survivor option. I'm getting the biggest pension, the single life.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, and then all of a sudden. Life happens. Yeah. Life happens and they get in an accident and, and they're gone. Now they have no income. And then the other side of that coin is taxes because now that surviving spouse becomes single versus married filing joint. Mm-hmm. So all the tax brackets get compressed. You know, so I guess a long, long answer to, to say, do you need it? You got to run the math. I don't know. You, you know, chances well, are you might not. Right. There's less reasons for it, but it it's not a the rule of thumb, oh, I'm retired. I don't need it.
0: Well, maybe, maybe it's more about insurance or insurance products or insurance products of some different nature, because, you know, I mean, isn't that basically the concept behind an annuity? And I'm sure we'll get to that. But I mean, you think about a pension, that's really all an annuity is, and they're typically offered right. from insurance companies. Uh, it's just you're it's a self-funded pension, right?
1: It is. I mean, life insurance is, typically you're buying, it's leverage. Life insurance yeah. is all about leverage because you're putting in and again, depending on the type of product you buy, sure, you know, yeah. you're putting in a smaller premium to get a big death benefit for and that's kind of term. You know, if you're if you're needing life insurance in those later years, sometimes term isn't going to work as well because insurance companies know the statistics, right? The the closer you get to oh, that yeah. age, the, the probability of you passing away is higher. So that their premiums are going to be reflective of it.
0: Yeah, they've got the actuaries. Yeah.
1: Right. So then you need to to look at different types of products and maybe a cash value policy makes more sense, you know, where it's accumulating cash inside to help supplement the cost of that insurance. And there's all sorts of cash values, whole life, variable, universal index, universal, just straight universal. I mean, there's all sorts of different types of products to consider. Yeah. But a lot of times life insurance is more about leverage.
0: Yeah, and you know, so I'm putting
1: in X amount and I get multiples of that as a death benefit.
0: Right, and and so the strategy, the old school strategy of just using it for the things we typically think of. Yeah, you, it's easy to draw that line and say, no, I don't really need it because once I get to retirement. But it could be a way to do some other things in right. retirement, even some time, even some income supplement. Or even oh, like- I was
1: going to say even. Way beyond that, I mean that we just talked about the need, quote unquote, for life insurance. True, you know, true. if there's a need, I mean, if there's other strategies that we use a lot with life insurance, I mean, you mentioned that's income.
0: A, that's a good point.
1: So structured the right way, you can generate tax free type of income coming out of a life insurance policy. You know, so I mean it, it can be a a complement to like a Roth type of concept where it's a tax free or tax advantaged vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, Another huge um, advantage to to life insurance today is using it for um, a chronic illness rider or even a long term care, depending on the type of policy. Right. You know, where we can now, as the owner of the policy, get access to death benefit to pay long term care or chronic illness type of um, needs.
0: Mm -hmm. You know,
1: so it could be a, a solution. Um, and it's called asset-based uh, long-term care, but it could be a solution to covering long-term care. And if you use that, it takes away one of the biggest concerns: to how do I provide, you know, cover long-term care? Of what if I pay for it all these years and never need it?
0: Yeah.
1: Well, if you do that through a asset-based care, which is at its core life insurance. Well, then there's a the death benefit. So somebody is going to get a death benefit.
0: Yeah. And it's got the legacy components as well. Right, so
1: there's so. also to, yeah. So I guess with, with any of these, you can't just, you know, look at that rule of thumb out there. Well, you know, yeah, they say I'm, I'm retired. I don't need life insurance. I don't need it. Yeah. Well, yeah. You might not need it, but does it fit? It's a tool. You
0: I don't think understand how it of, works
1: and, and yeah. does it fit? If it does, it's an option. And if it's something you're not comfortable with, because it is complex, it takes time to work. You have to understand what you're doing, it's got to be managed. I mean, that's the other big yeah. piece of life insurance. It's yeah. too many of them get sold as right. an idea, yeah. and then you yeah. never see that advisor again, and and they're not going to work then because you got to manage and maintain them. Do you want a Do you want a ballpark type of retirement plan? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to work, or do you want to have a custom plan?
0: Right? I, I want to go to some the, ballparks you, in retirement, <laughs> but yeah.
1: that's right. You want to know? Okay, this is the strategy. Hey, if one of us dies, yeah. how's that other spouse? Are they going to be okay? Yeah, you know how does all this work? Well, you need to have a custom strategy to to run through that math and see what does it look like for you.
0: So, so you can't go to the ballpark. Yeah, and have a ballpark. So that's right. Uh, Or two. Or Or two. two. (laughs) Uh, All right, so let's do number four here, uh, Phil. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch four and five because I think it'll make more sense uh, since just we're kind of talking and we touched on annuities uh, in the insurance conversation. So, annuities are a ripoff, right? That's that's that. There's that. uh, situational, uh, what is that? Right. That bias where, the
1: bias, right.
0: Or we can like, <clears throat> be heard, if you hear something enough, you tend to believe it, which is why yes. the media does what they do. Yep. If they push any narrative enough, well, then everybody, people tend to fall for it or say that, oh, that must be the case right. without really kind of doing any of their own research. And so, enough, conversation has gone around that annuities are bad that we, a lot of times will just write them off. But as I just mentioned a minute ago, that's, they're basically just a self-funded pension. I mean, they're basically just right. something where you're taking your money and you're creating something where it, you can get paychecks, you know, all through mm-hmm. your life when you retire. Are they bad? Sure. They can be, but are they good? Right. Sure. They can be. I mean, that's like saying cars are bad.
1: No, I mean because one has bad. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean there, yeah, there's some bad cars out there for sure. I mean, you know, have been especially especially history. You look back, you know, certain cars and models and whatever. I mean, you don't want to use and
0: whatever, but it's yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, (laughs) but it's you know, we can't say well cars are bad. Well, yeah, because the exists
0: existed, all cars are bad. That's right.
1: right. I mean, it's a tool, right? And annuities. I, I talk about this all the time with clients. It's just like life insurance. It's a tool. You know, and I I don't have any skin in the game either way. I don't really care here. Let me show you what the options are, how it works. I think it might fit because of this, but it doesn't mean it's the only option. And that's the other side of, if that's the only thing you're being presented well, you might want to question it because that, 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 that isn't the only option. There yeah. are other options. If the and car
0: salesman's just offering you a Pinto or a Yugo, well, then maybe
1: right, right, that's right. You better start wondering why. Right? Or well, maybe Denver. that's in your budget, but that's a whole other discussion. Sure. But yes, yeah, so, I mean, it, annuities. I think out of any investment vehicle, are, are the one that gets demonized all the time. Oh, they're terrible. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. high
0: fees. All I mean it there's it's, all these it's really variables. variable annuities, right, Phil. That's the yes. one that really kind of that's the apple with the worms in it, so to speak, that people kind of tend to, you know, well, that's they're all yeah, and,
1: and they so yeah they do have high fees. There's risk involved inside the annuity because of the investment there, I mean there's with any of it you have to understand the different types, right? Because there's yeah. many types of annuities. I mean you mentioned the guaranteed income. Well, that could be an immediate annuity where you're, yeah, you're giving up exit principal to get this monthly income. Yeah. Okay. But you've given up the principal, right? So I mean that's right. one of the pros and cons. But typically, if you want guaranteed income, that probably is going to give you the highest guaranteed lifetime income. Yeah. Well. But if you it, want some flexibility, there's other options. So it's it's one of those things. Don't don't say the whole pool is bad. Know right. what they are, how yeah. they work. Yeah, what are you trying to accomplish, right? Is what we, it comes down to.
0: We we love our our analogies, our metaphors here. Uh, I was just when you were talking about that, I just my in my mind a crescent wrench popped up. Right uh, to me, the worst of all wrenches. Right. Yes. Uh, but but in a pinch, right? I it mean, works. You, right. you don't it. have to have a whole. You know. It's like a variable annuity, right? You, you can yep. roll that dial and make that crescent wrench kind of fit, but it slips. It can strip the head, you know. Every you, mean, turn, you might, can turn that thing over and you use it a hammer too. You use a on it,
1: right? But it, you know,
0: so it's like this weird. But it's really not a great wrench, right? Right. There's better wrenches. So right. the same kind of thing with annuities. There's there's better annuities sometimes for you depending on the situation. I guess. Right. So, it,
1: it really comes down to understanding what are you trying to accomplish. You know, I mean, personally, to me where I think annuities fit really well are one of two things. Number one, if you want guaranteed income, you mentioned a pension.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so if you're looking at here's my income need and, and you know, the only guarantee I have is social security and I'm concerned with that. I want to add some right. more. You don't have a pension. Well, we can give you guaranteed income. The only other place to get that is an annuity. I mean, it, that's it. Okay. You know, okay. so if you want that's that, that's how we get it. That's
0: how you, get you know, it. The,
1: the other size is if you want some downside principle protection, but want some upside market participation never right. keeping up with the market
0: like a fixed index
1: yeah but you're 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 protected from a downside in a market you know yeah. there are some options there yeah. i mean with okay. annuities though the the thing you're always going to give up is liquidity 100% liquidity yeah yeah it's a longer term investment doesn't mean you can't get access to the money it just if you get too much you take too much out early there's going to be a surrender charge it, it's like anything there's pros and cons and tools yeah. you have to, or options Understand what they are, how do they fit? And decide, well, they have all does these, it work?
0: They have all these riders and they have all these little different things you can yes. put on. They're like a little Swiss Army knife, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, you
1: can, you can tack on riders and generate different things if you want, you know? Yeah. So it kind of depends on what you want to yeah. do.
0: And I get it. It gets confusing. So then if you hear this narrative, well, they're all bad. And you say, well, they're high fees and they're hard to get out of. There's no liquidity. So I'm out, you know, right. or whatever the case might be. But there's all these little variables. So again, picking sides on important financial debates, it's not really a lot of times. It's just not black and white. Right. It's right. just not, you know, there's a lot of gray in there because it's figuring out what's the right tool for the job.
1: Right. I mean, I, I would say just as a kind of general rule, if you ever hear somebody say, oh, this is terrible, never invest in this, you have to wonder why. You know, what's mm-hmm. what's their reason? I mean, there's a, you know, a, a famous investor, you know, out there that uh, their whole stick is I hate annuities, right? I mean, you probably yeah. know who that is, you know, in in. There's reasons empire. they do, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But that's because that's that's a marketing stick for them. They they generate a lot of revenue because of that. That's they get true. people on it to say, oh yeah, well I hate annuities too. I think you're a good fit for me. That I've been told true. they're bad, you know.
0: That's a good point. But yeah, yet, my- if you
1: look at that that investor's portfolio, that uh, RA's portfolio, they've got a lot of insurance companies in there. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so- yeah, my brother absolutely detests Fords. Uh, hates him with a passion because he had a Pinto one time when he was 17. <laughs> Right. And it's like, okay. Tainted
1: him, tainted him for life. So, yeah. him
0: for life. But Ford makes a lot of nice products too. So, yeah. you know, uh so, you know, yeah, one little, you know, bad experience, you know, can, it, it, and,
1: and it's funny you mentioned that too, because I've, I've heard that often too is, you know, somebody will come in and their parents have passed away and, oh, they <laughs> had these, these annuities. I hate those things or you know, yeah. whatever. And they're making a judgment on annuities, the, you know, the broad concept right. of annuities based on that one little experience. It's like, well, hold on. You're, you're on the receiving end of that. Yeah. You didn't like the outcome, but why did they have it? It wasn't for you. They bought it. It was for them. You know, it fit their scenario. Great. That's true. Well, you know, how does it work for you? You know, you gotta, you know, look at both sides of that coin. Don't, don't make a judgment based on your experience way back when or whatever, what you've heard.
0: That's a great point. No pros and cons. All right. Well, let's do our fifth one here, Phil, and then we'll wrap it up here. We've gone a a, a little long, I think, but that's okay. Uh, Number five here on our our top 10 countdown. We'll do the next five next week. It's better to have a fee-based advisor instead of a commission-based broker.
1: Um, again, it really comes down, I guess, to what you're, what you're trying to do, right? Putting
0: him on the spot here, folks.
1: Well, no. So if you're, (laughs) if you're wanting just to, I want to buy this stock or buy that
0: stock. Well, that's not a
1: fee-based advisor, right? You'll need that. Yeah. Go to your commission, go to your broker. That's going to charge you a commission to buy and sell. I mean, that's where that person fits. That's what
0: they do. Yeah.
1: Right. But that exactly, that is what they do. But I think where people get confused here is both of these individuals are financial advisors, Right. Right. But you've got to understand focus and what they do and how they get judged or how they judge things. I mean, the the brokers, so to speak, I mean, they're only looking at suitability, what's your income, what's your assets, what's your risk tolerance. Here's the, the world of investments I could offer you and they can pick whichever one pays them the biggest commission. Nothing wrong with that. Not to say they do that's that, but what that's they, just yeah, the world they and live in. What at.
0: they do, right. Like you said, because they're labeled the same, right. the financial advisor, and because we've seen these emails about a million times, yep. uh, you know, well, I never hear from my guy or gal. And when I do, they're just trying to sell me something. Well, it's because you don't have an advisor. You have a broker. And that's, that's how, how they, they get, get paid. paid.
1: Right. You know, so the next greatest thing coming from their make house bad. is right. XYZ stock that hey, right. you know, let's sell this and boom, yeah. that's where you you're getting that call on the phone. Hey, you know, right. I think this company is a great option, but you know, and whatever. So
0: yeah, and it doesn't make them bad. It makes no. you it's kind of on you because you don't realize what their their function and their role is, and you're expecting right. more out of them than the relationship calls for.
1: Right. Versus like a, a fee-based advisor. Now now it should be not as much about the investments, it starts with the plan right? What what is your plan? The strategy you've established looking at everything, your taxes, your income, assets, your need, how does this all fit together, long-term care, all of this. Now that we have that in place, now let's start to look at the different investment options and Mm -hmm. how how do we put those pieces in place to make that plan work? So it's a more Longer term pepper relationship and a bit more lawyer transact you know right? transactional, yeah. so yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's a bit more lawyery to me, like you kind of have the person on retainer, so to speak,
1: correct? Yeah, because it's this longer term pepper relationship, it's not just here's a portfolio, we're buying and selling, you know, and yeah, has nothing to unlike, do with what unlike unlike lawyers, to do though, you retainer, don't have the billable
0: so. hours every time. Well, you- that's that's true, that's true where a lawyer gets you for everything. And the same thing with, we, we joke a lot of times that you wear the uh, counselor's hat, uh, you know, and you can certainly charge more that way, but you don't, right? So it's, right. it's kind of part of the um, the customer experience, I guess, the customer service of the whole thing.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it really it just, I guess, comes down to understanding the differences in understanding what you're getting. The the um, fee-based advisor is a different uh, relationship. That's where you hear this fiduciary standard come into play. Right right? So I mean, they're still following suitability, but now they got to take it a step further. And as they're looking at those investment options, make sure it's in your best interest. Mm -hmm. So out of those three that might fit, which one is best for you, not necessarily for them.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, so it's, in my mind, for most people, I think it's a more suitable option. But if you're that savvy investor, and you just want to, you know, be in these individual stocks and buy and sell all the time, and you know, you want Right, this brokerage firm and, and their, you know, experience and whatever, and they're going to buy and sell and, you know, give you the, right. the latest and greatest, then that's your Avenue.
0: Yeah, totally exactly. different
1: Don't expect them to do all this planning and strategizing because that's not what they do. Typically. Right. right. You know, they're more about the investments and buying and selling.
0: If you're right. looking for a long-term relationship type of situation for the preservation of your wealth, AKA retirement and retirement distribution, then you go with a different style advisor because right. yeah, everybody and their brother can slap that advisor label on now. So. That,
1: that'd that'd like be like going to your cardiologist and saying, you know what, my knee is hurting. Can you yeah. take a look at that? And he's going to say, what are you talking about? That's not you, what know, I do.
0: you know, it's <laughs> hilarious. When I, when I do see my cardiologist, he'll ask me how things are going. And one day I mentioned something, you know, and it's like, it's sometimes like, uh, I'll mention something else just kind of in talking and saying, I wonder if the stress of this is causing me stress, which sure, I'm, trying to, get, connection. I'm <laughs> trying to get to the point of the connection. And some days he he's listening and other days he's like, I don't work on those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. But I'm trying to get to the point, right? I'm trying Is there to make a connection?
1: There, I'm trying yeah, to make yeah,
0: the yeah. connection. Work with me here. So, all right. Well, that's our first five there on the uh, important financial debates. We'll be back next week with the other five of our ten uh, top ten kind of countdown, if you will. So, Phil, thanks for hanging out as always, my friend. I appreciate you. And folks, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, whatever platform. You'll see all the stuff on the screen. Uh, you can also just uh, stop by the website philstaxhacks.com. That's PhilsTaxHacks.com, And of course, if you need some immediate help, jump on and call Phil at 248 888 That's 248-888-7530. And we'll see you next time here on Phil's tax hacks and other Phil. retirement facts.